Hello, and welcome to the Fantasy Rewind Podcast. I'm your co-host, Dylan Stoll, and I'm joined as always by my friend, Michael Wifford. I'm going to hold on to my tongue, please. So today, we are talking House of the Dragon, episode 8, titled... Lord of the Tides. Lord of the Tides. All right, so before we jump into this, we're going to give out the typical reminders here, where if you want to get in contact with the show, you could send us an email, which is fantasyrewindpod at gmail.com, or you could get at us on Twitter, which is at fantasyrewind. There's also Instagram, which is at fantasyrewindpod. All right, so without farther ado, let's slide into the rewind. All right, Mike, so what were your overall thoughts on episode 8, Lord of the Tides? Oh, Viserys finally got his, like, family together moment, and it seemed like all was well and just, and he saw Aegon as the future of his house. Unfortunately, it wasn't the Aegon that he had. (laughs) before uh and i really didn't answer your question but i was just thinking about some of the uh, the episode and i feel like that really kind of um sums up kind of where i'm going in that this episode did a lot to resolve viserys's reign it did and really did and sort of set up for the conflict that's going to continue on and really it feels like the conflict's going to mainly focus between (laughs) The grandkids, almost. I mean, obviously the uh, parents are going to be involved too, but I feel like the grandkids are what's going to kick this off, really, and spiral everything in a really bad direction because you had them pouring their hate into them. Well, sorry, one side pouring (laughs) their hate into their children. And what side is that, I wonder? It's so funny. I know I haven't even asked you your thoughts, but I have to get this out while I'm thinking about it. Um, as I was watching this and after I was reflecting on this episode, I came just kept coming back to the fact that Allison, Allison's kids were acting like what she felt like Renera acted like yes. as a youth. Yes, um, In Aegon, right? And, you know, and then you have Renera's kids who act as prim and proper as can be. It's just so funny. It's just so funny. It, the hypocrisy there, or the irony, I guess, would probably be the better word. But Dylan, what were your overall thoughts on this episode? My overall thoughts on this episode were, or was that this was the the end that King Viserys could have hoped for. Like, the, it was the only end he could have hoped for, where he did everything in his willpower to bring his family together to stop this conflict from happening, which we all know is inevitable. Um, But then we also see him like standing up for himself for what is probably the first time since like episode three of this season Mm -hmm. where he stands up and says, why are we discussing this matter? This is a closed matter. This is going to Rhaenyra's son. Like, he will be Lord of the Tides. And when he has that last family dinner, you know that's his last Standing dinner. Standing up. He knows yeah. that's probably, like, the end is nigh. Like, he is ending. He is fading. And he will not go down without without a fight. 
and he is fighting for his family to come together. And he's fighting for his love for Rhaenyra. He's fighting for his love for his other children. He's fighting for the love of the queen. And he's willing to, like, be the king that he should have been all along in this last moment of his life. And so I just want to give a huge shout out to Patty Considine for a great oh, performance yeah, he, as King Viserys. He killed it. He, his The entire run, he really season, just did. He's been amazing. job. Yeah. Definitely, like, unexpectedly my favorite character from season one here so far. And I think that he was, he did a very good job in this last act of heroism that he could possibly do. Fell short in the end, of course, because of his, um, his brood, as you like to say. But <laughs> his children are insufferable and they are going to be the cause of what's to come. Oh yeah, definitely. And it's so interesting because they are they are Renera and um Damon. Yeah. In, you know, in male form. They really, really. are, yeah. And it's so interesting uh that how that dynamic is going to play out as we go for further. This episode was so rife with symbolism though. Very much so. I really want to just dive into a couple of the pieces. And I know there's so much more a bigger story here to uh, get into, but you know, when we have, like you said, um, King Viserys coming into the throne room there, and when he sits down and, you know, half of his face is decayed, mm-hmm. you saw that the f- half that has the mask on it was the half facing his family, where the half that showed, like, who he was, like, his real flesh mm-hmm. and bone that was still healthy, at least, was facing Rhaenyra and that side of his family, whereas the masked side, as I said, faced his, like, brood. Mm. And I think that's really interesting because it almost seems like this was his natural, like... His true side. Yeah, and they still looked after him and wanted the best for him and cared about him. Whereas the side with his, like, Allison and stuff have turned him into this, like, you know, Phantom of the Opera. Like, mutilated him, basically, in order to keep him alive and keep themselves in power. And that's very important. As much as they want to sugarcoat that. It's so true because... Like you said, Allison and the Hand and everybody kept mm. him alive because it suited their own needs. Like, as right. long as he was alive and breathing, Allison was ruling the realm. And you oh, yeah. see that in the very opening scene of this episode where we have um, the Sea Snake's brother talking to Princess uh, Rainey's saying, well, it's not a king who rules in Westeros anymore. It's a queen. And it's almost like a slap in the face to Princess Rhaenys because that queen that ruled in Westeros was supposed to be her. And now that her cousin is actually king, it's going to be his wife who's ruling in his stead while he's old and bedridden. And she is the only one who is like fit enough to be, be on the throne there. But I thought that that was great to point out the symbolism of what side of his face was facing his family, what side was facing his his brood and everything. And even though they are technically both his family, it's kind of like his OG family versus his, like, high tower family, which is, like, Alicent, the Hand, and his sons that he has here. Um, I also thought it was really interesting that, like, it seemed like his golden face side almost had, like, a tear coming down its eye there. Yes. And so, like, that he was almost, like, permanently crying from either the pain or permanently crying from the conflict going on between his two sides of his family and everything. And so, 
I thought it was a a great symbolic gesture, like you said, to like have have that permanent golden face because it's almost like that's what the the people want is this golden person to be their king. And he started to physically embody that by having a golden head at the end there. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll step aside there. I think in, you did a nice job kind of touching on uh, Corliss, King, or uh, Corliss of House, uh, <laughs> House of oh, Valerian. Valerian yes. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Uh, you'd think I'd know that by now. But he's presumed dead at this point. Um, he presumed dead or seriously attacked. wounded. Yes. And so this brought up the whole issue with his brother because um, he was going to King's Landing to petition the decision to make Rhaenyra's child Jace. Yeah. No, no, uh, not Jace. Um, Luke. Luke. Yeah. Luke, the next ruler of Driftmark because he was not Valyrian blood. He's house house strong pup. Everyone knows. Yada, Open yada. secret, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and it's funny because... Uh, Princess Rainey's is like, uh, you better be careful, otherwise you're going to lose your tongue. And that's when he brings up, there's a queen that rules. And he goes to King's Landing, and he strikes a deal pretty much yeah. with... Uh, <laughs> with Alicent, with Otto, with the Hightowers. Such, so dirty, so dirty. And she has the gall to be all righteous and high and mighty. Oh, this would be the best for what's in the, for the people in the realm. Uh... It's the best for you. <laughs> yes, exactly. Let's not sugarcoat this. And there are parts in this episode where Allison does seem regretful and remorseful yeah. and wants to make up. And uh, that's really during the dinner, which has so many layers to it. But let's keep with Corliss's brother, who I don't even remember his name, and it doesn't really matter because he loses his head pretty quickly when he starts talking junk to... Uh, the kings calling Rhaenyra uh, a common street woman and uh, having children that are not with uh, his kin. So uh, he's like, I'll have your tongue. And Damon tells, he says he can keep it and cuts. Keep his tongue, all of his head. <laughs> well, his, yeah, right above his tongue. Yeah. So he keeps his tongue. Yeah, well, very his true. head is removed. Very nice. It was, a, it was very nice, nicely done. Um, but I... I, I did not that was a very uncomfortable scene that that whole court scene before King Viserys came in um, was very uncomfortable because you were just like wow Alicent and Otto are just they're just putting on a show it was a mummer's and farce they are, they are gonna make um, Rhaenerys come up and try to plead the case for Luke and they're just gonna deny him and deny her and by denying her, they're pretty much calling into question the legitimacy of her children. Exactly. They're basically confirming that in their eyes, they see him as a bastard. They don't see him as a Valerian. They see him as someone who is illegitimate. They, by in turn, are going to question the right of Jace to be heir to the throne after Rhaenyra. And by default, they're going to call into question Rhaenyra's like, own worth to be queen. And so it was a yeah. whole plot where they were doing it for their own reasons. And Alicent can play to the or can pray to the mother all she wants, pray to the father for wisdom. But we all know she's hanging out with that crone and stranger and doing lots of things that are shady in the dark. Oh yeah, and I'm surprised we didn't see um, 
the other strong there. We did see Laura strong. I feel like a little did bit, we? didn't we? I don't remember now. If he if he was in this episode, he wasn't a prominent character. Um, no, by no means. Yeah. But I think this episode did a couple things really well. I thought that it really focused in on the important people for this tale yes, it's it telling, did. which is House Targaryen. Mm-hmm. It was focused completely in on the House of the Dragon. Um, House Valerian was involved a little bit as well there, but the focus was on the House of the Dragon. And while we're talking about House Valerian really quick, you got to give props for the Sea Snake's brother. Again, I don't remember his name either off the top of my head here, but he went in, he spoke the truth, and he oh, yeah. spoke it loud and clearly for all to hear, even though he yes. knew at the end that his fate was sealed. He knew he was doomed by doing it, but he still shouted out the truth for all to hear and took the consequence. Not that it did him much good. Did nobody any good. All it did, though, was have him stick to his principles, which, if you're going to die, that is not necessarily the worst way to go. That's true. And, I mean, his death was pretty quick, so there's that, too. Valyrian steel cuts Valyrian steel. It cuts smooth. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it does. Um, I do also want to say in this episode, it happened a little earlier on when... Um, we have Princess Rhaenyras and Rhaenyra. Rhaenyra, sorry, Rhaenyra show up um, to the keep and they're greeted by nobody. One person. Yeah. Yeah, basically. And uh, it doesn't seem like it's a major lord by any means. So it's kind of disrespectful and Otto did that on purpose. Purposely disrespectful. And you can tell by his comments in the hall where it's like, oh, we had them greeted with all the dignity and respect that they deserve of their station. None. Yeah. What a jerk. I. Sorry. Anyway, um, I hope he gets what's coming to him at some point. We'll see. I'm just, not going to say anything. Okay. I was hoping your face would give something away. I, I know. Like I saw you like staring right at me, and I'm like, this makes for great podcast material. <laughs> <laughs> just silence. Yeah. Um, but I think this the scene in here where we have Rhaenyras going to her father, Viserys, yeah. right? And she's like saying like we need you there tomorrow we need you at this hearing because you know otherwise we're kind of unprotected because you're letting you know Otto and allison make all your decisions for you and this is a huge one Mm. and if i don't have your protection then i don't know what i'm gonna do and in that conversation with him where she's pretty much just talking because he's on milk of the poppy right she's you know pleading with him and she talks about how she almost doesn't want this anymore. Yeah, yeah. She's like, if I knew how big of a burden this was, I wouldn't want it. And I was like, yes, you really shouldn't have been begging for this in the first place. Honestly, why did you need this? For fame? Like, I I just never... I, th- I think when we were learning about her, when we were watching... When I was watching the series, uh, as we were going through and learning about her character and stuff, I really never got the reasoning behind her wanting to be queen. Yeah, there was never any you know, real explanation for that other than, like, she wanted it for power's sake. The infamy, yeah. yeah. So I think that's always been, like, in a kind of something that I've been missing there. And I did really like that scene, though, because it's like, if she could take it back now, but she's so, you know, she's it's so in it. too late for her now. She yeah. can't. Yeah. No, I mean, at this she, point, she's literally becoming queen to protect her children. Yeah, because she has to. If she doesn't, they will... Right, what Allison told to Aegon about how if Rhaenyra becomes queen, she's going to kill him 
they're gonna do that to Rhaenyra's children if he becomes king. A hundred percent. Like they're gonna try to kill her comp or kill his competition. Well, they're already gonna try to do that anyway. Well, yeah, because they're evil. <laughs> yes, because they are evil. Ugh. Um. Yeah, I really like that scene though. Uh. So we already talked about kind of them coming in and sort of the cold shoulder between them going into the. Uh, yeah, they're going into the petition to have the secession uh, plan for Driftmark yeah. put to rest. Yeah, we talked to the, we talked about the petition, and then really the crowning achievement of this episode is the dinner that night that follows this petition and uh, Luke being called in uh, in as uh, the new Lord of the Tides or reconfirmed, I guess, as the Lord of the Tides. Yeah, and in that. He is not just uh, the Lord of the Tides, but he's also marrying his cousin. Yeah, so they announced that as well. They announced that... Him and his Yeah, brother. both of them are going to be marrying Ooh. their cousins. And Lucky boys. Well, the reason they're doing it, too, is like they're doing it to put Valerian blood back in Driftmark. And they're also yeah. doing it to, of course, secure the loyalty of House Valerian. Because they just did some, sh- some stuff that's not going to sit too well with Corliss and uh, like killing his brother. So as long as he's alive and as long as Princess Rainey's is alive, they hold important sway and they need that backing. Oh, yeah, because it's the like they said, it's the Seven Kingdoms biggest military force. Yeah. And that's a big deal, especially if they're going to be in conflict with Otto Hightower and his, I don't know, his brood, his stupid (laughs) tower. Yeah. I don't know what they command. Nothing. A bunch of books. Whatever. Sorry, I really do not like him. So they control Old Town, and Old Town is where people get trained as maesters, which is, you know, where Sam Tarly goes to at the end there. It's very important, actually, but, like, it's a... Well, yeah, it's very important, but it's not, like, a military, like, powerhouse. Yeah, very true. I would think of. Um, Anyway, so this dinner is really cool, though, because you get a lot of... Like you said, you had Viserys's moment, you know, wanting peace. And so after he says his bit about wanting them to just be a family and be together, he's not going to be around for much longer. Um, you have Rhaenerys standing up and toasting Allison. You do. Trying to mend and that. And I think she was, she put out an olive branch yeah. and Allison accepted. And it seemed like she returned the favor. And I was like, you know what? That's cool. That's great. I'm interested to see where the conflict comes from. And then not, you know, a minute or two later, you have um, Aemon, who is very... Or Aegon, sorry. Uh, there's two Aegons now. No, it's... <laughs> the funny. Yeah, there are two Aegons. A- You're right. Yes. There is Aegon, which is Alicent's son. And then there's Aegon, which is... Rhaenerys' new son with Daemon. Yes. And he saw that child and thought of him thought of that child as the one who's going to be the perf- person to do Song of Ice and Fire or fulfill the prophecy. No, actually. But so anyway. got that little backwards, but I'll correct you later on when we get to that part. That's fine. You can talk about all about that. I That's what I thought. I thought he was referring to those kids as being the ones that are going to fulfill the prophecy. I got you. Don't worry. But anyway, <laughs> thank you. Anyway, um, so many names. Uh, but Aegon, Allison's son, the one who got married to his sister because, you know, Allison wanted to secure that and remove her daughter from being able to be wed is 
he's such a petulant little I he's a little crap uh, to just say that politely uh, because you know as I said he's like Rhaenyras in that he takes what he wants but yeah. he's even worse about he's it because worse, yeah. he literally takes what he wants and his mother makes helps him yeah in enables that, him paying off women and giving them the special tea so they don't have any unwanted children and threatens them with their entire livelihood if they speak a word of it right and um, he's just sitting there like talking crap to jace and luke oh you're betrothed and then like oh do you even know how to do anything (laughs) yeah exactly and it's just like dude you're married your sister that's not an insult (laughs) to a targaryen mike (laughs) i know but like you don't even like her apparently well it's so funny because she makes that well yeah so he goes and he says to um oh my gosh i'm blanking on her name abella i think it is um so he says to her like let me know if you ever want a real man, basically. Uh, saying, like, he can get down on on some Valerian um, blood there if he uh, if she wants it. But then... Some pure Valerian blood, Right, some apparently. pure Valerian blood. 100% pure. <laughs> um, so, but then... Well, Helena Targaryen, not pure Valerian. Pure Targaryen. I was thinking, like, old Valyria. So it's oh, still yeah, old yeah. Valerian blood. That's true. Um, but, like, then Helena's like, oh, being married's not that bad. Or your husband just ignores you and then comes and sees you sometimes when he's drunk. <laughs> so As she's drunk? Yeah. Or when he... No, when Aegon's drunk. Oh, I know. But, like, she, like, got oh, up and yeah. kind of, like, she, stumbled on She was it. stumbling. She was dancing. I'm um, speaking about Helena really quick. Um, she I, made a comment. She did. She did. I this one. And she actually made one last episode as well. Um, oh, so what was the one she made last episode? When I went back and rewatched this ep- the last episode with Amy, this mm-hmm. quote is actually quite important. So what she hmm. said, she's playing with the spider, right? She's sitting on the yes. ground at the funeral. She says, she says, hand turns loom, spool of green, spool of black, dragons of flesh weaving dragons of thread. So what that means, right? The hand turns the loom. Kind of like thinking about like Wheel of Time-ish, where you're yes. talking about like makes the whole like the wheels, kind fabric, of the fabric yeah, of time the basically of the is the wheel, yeah. loom there. The hand turns the loom. You could argue that she's talking like Otto Hightower is like controlling the destiny of the um, of the Targaryens right now mm. because he's turning the loom of rulers right now. Hightower, yeah. you know, controlling their spool of green. You know, the greens for the the dragon faction there of the Hightower faction. Spool of black, which again, greens and blacks. That was uh, the little give right there, where the two sides of the of the dragon there. And then dragons of flesh, so like people, like Targaryens, dragons of flesh, weaving dragons of thread. Basically like weaving their different banners, um, or if you want to look at it a little bit more metaphysically, like weaving the threads of time, you know, threads of fate okay. or whatever. So I kind of, that's how I took that part there. Um, but I like that one because it doesn't mention the greens and the blacks, which are Yeah, the two that factions. is really good. Um, now once this episode... This episode is beware the beast in the boards and that yes. one I, I was a little puzzled about because i was like hmm so is it talking about like ignore or sorry beware like <clears throat> some kind of some dragon that's like hiding somewhere is it talking about like beware like the rats or something or i don't know quite how to interpret the beware the beast in the boards part yeah, that's that's where I was a little confused too because I was like, she usually has these really interesting prophecies, yeah. beast in the boards, 
So it did kind of make me think maybe ships. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, I don't know. There's, I feel like that's something we're going to come back to later. Like, Oh, it can, it can connect to right. this. It makes much more sense um, now. So like it might, it might just be like a throwback that like later on, like you said, we'll, we'll come okay. back to that and be like, remember yeah. when Helena said that? Or if we catch it and remember it at that time, we'll see. Yeah. I kind of, I kind of hope that is the case because that'll make it really fun. Speaking about the dinner though, like it was kind of nice to see Jace get up and dance with Helena, just like having fun with her, you know, like, Wow. Since her husband won it, and... He did that, yeah, he did exactly. He did that, but... Yeah, and he made a toast to him, and he did it in a way that was politely kind politely of getting back rude, at him, yeah. you know? I'm going to be the better man here. Exactly. And that's what I said earlier, is like, Jace, well, at least Jace, uh, Luke kind of did some stuff that probably wasn't <laughs> the best, but Jace and Luke at least act like how Allison would want her kids to act. Yeah. They are the more proper acting of the of the brood. They're also younger than they are. But then we see Jace and uh, Helena dancing, and then it flashes to Luke sitting back in his chair, drinking, watching Eamon get served a pig, and he can't help but laugh, thinking about the good old times where oh, yeah. Eamon was given a a pig dressed up as a dragon, and he snickers a little bit, and Eamon looks sees the pig sitting in front of him and then he makes the toast of toasts for the evening where he toasts these wise handsome strong boys strong boys strong boys and yeah come on dude it was such a freaking obvious insult and then he tries to act all what i was giving them a compliment which is such a daemon move yeah such a daemon move but him and Damon are so similar in how they were, how they've been acting. Yeah. Well, and how they, or how Damon you know, used they to definitely, act. yes, and how they are portrayed too. It's interesting because I feel like we're definitely going to get a, like, kind of a, a matchup between those two, and I, I'm, a, I'm assuming that Damon will probably lose that because uh, I feel like it's supposed to be like the, young, the pup. new generation coming on in. Yeah. Um, but I just, I really hate in this episode that this happened. You know, I, I did want that happy ending. Yeah. And I think yeah. that they that means they did such a good job with the building of the tension throughout. And then finally, like, having this believable, like, let's bury the hatchets. And even though I knew, you know, obviously it, it has to get worse, right? Because it's Game of Thrones and yeah. have more seasons. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's just part of me that was like, oh, yeah, let this be it. And then, you know, he snickered about a pig in front of him. And then you're going to go and do this, dude. Like, obviously you haven't let go of that pig forever ago, even though you have a dragon now and, you know, all these good things have happened to you. You have plans that involve killing those kids. Yeah. I mean, in in his defense, I'll say this in his defense. If one of my nephews, cousins, whatever ripped my eye out of my head, I would never forgive them. (laughs) So I can't. Well, if you were going to kill them, with a rock, I'm sorry, you'd kind of deserve it. I still want to forgive them. <laughs> well, that's fair, but also you would then have to be a really terrible person because you were going to kill one of them in the first well, place. Well, see, so exactly, exactly. Saying. Yeah, see, I wouldn't do that. Uh, I know, yeah, I know. Yeah, we, we, we would hope not. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so I think like what this also shows is like you, you do see earlier in the episode with them training in the yard 
just how how good Eamon has become. How mm-hmm. how powerful he's become as a swordsman, defeating uh, Sir Kristen Cole. But what I really don't get is why are Eamon and Aegon receiving all this military training and why are not or why are Jason Luke not receiving something equal on Dragonstone with Damon or with question. anybody else like growing up they didn't have anybody that was training them like why would you they not? definitely did but they just look right now at least those actors yeah. did not look like they've been doing that which if you look at this like their dad like they should be like they should built. be jacked yeah yeah, or at least, you know, I mean, again, they're younger, so I'm assuming they'll get recast probably again as well. I would assume Maybe. they would as well. We'll see. Um, yeah, we will see. But, yeah, that is a good question. I thought about the same thing because they're very much taught in, like, to be very academic and smart and intelligent. Yeah, and like learning so high Valerian. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's a good question. I suppose we'll see. But that brings us to the last portion here, where after the kids all get sent to bed, Renera and Alicent are amicably walking apart, saying like, oh, you know, maybe we should spend some more time together and and hash this out and like try to mend this. Mm-hmm. And Renera's like, I got to get my kids back to Dragonstone. You know, they're acting like some of the problem that we're seeing here. So like they need to get out of this situation. I'll fly back, though. You know, we'll, we'll hang out another time. And that leaves Allison to go and hang out with King Viserys. I was going to say, and in this situation, this is where she's putting him to bed and, you know, or getting, he's obviously having fits and she gives him some milk of the poppy and he starts going into almost like, it sounds like a fever dream or just like delusions, I guess. And he's saying like, you know, I was, I was right about the song of ice and fire, the prophecy and, the child and you know what you have to do Allison. and if you could talk more about all of that because like for me i took it as like him thinking about because he saw the new babies that looked just like him you had Aegon and uh viserys yeah viserys <laughs> man viserys the yeah. second um but yes. okay so i'm fairly certain there's another mistake you just made there as well that's fine um i don't think he ever addressed Alicent as Alicent. Uh, no, no, he didn't. So yes, that's very true. What this scene calls back to is when Renera went to go see her father before, uh, she asked him if he believed in the Song of Ice and Fire, if he thought it was true. Because what the Song of Ice and Fire is in the show here they're talking about, it is Aegon the Conqueror, his dream. As in, like, he was a dreamer who could see the future. And so his, like, dream was that somebody from his line was going to save the world, basically, from the Long Night. Which is when the White Walkers come down, you know, from up beyond the wall and everything. Um, So, Aegon's dream that's being referred to in this scene is Aegon the Conqueror's dream from years and years and years ago. And so what he says in his fever state here, because he's delusional, thinking he's responding to Renera's question from night from the night before. And he's delusional mm. enough where he says, Aegon, you know, like, 
the prince that was promised, because that's what the Song of Ice and Fire is, is it's about the prince who was promised by his vision that he saw. The The prince that was promised is the leader that's going to lead everybody through the long night and save the world, basically. But Allison is there, and she hears Aegon, prince that was promised, knows nothing about this Song of Ice and Fire. Those words are gibberish to her. She just mm-hmm. hears what she wants to hear from this, which is him saying Aegon is the prince that was promised or or something along yeah. those lines. And so she's like, oh, that means you want him to rule instead of Rhaenyra. Got it. Yeah, but I mean, she doesn't say that. And this is my issue with it, too, is she knows that he's like somewhat delusional on that stuff. So, yeah. Oh, she's she's hearing what she wants to hear. Yeah, and this and she's is gonna say that a later. complete regression of everything we just saw from her, where she was willing to hear it, willing to listen to Renera, and then as soon as she hears what she wants to hear, she's like, "Block all that out. Let me take in what I want." Yeah, and she's probably gonna say this to Renera, like, "Hey, your dad told me this last night." Yeah, and she's gonna be like, "What are you talking? You're just making this up now." And it's just going to cause this whole rife to grow. So, I, I, yeah. It's going to be something stupid like this that's going to cause all this to just implode. Oh, yeah. It's going down next episode. I'll tell you that. Yeah. I haven't watched any uh, any teasers. Oh, I watched anything. the trailer like for kinda... it. I watched the trailer Did for you? it. Did you? Yes. Oh. I already knew what yeah, was coming well. anyways, though, man. But... I know you do. <laughs> all right. So, yeah. let's Let's do this then. What is your prediction for next episode? After not watching the trailer yeah, since at all? you didn't watch the trailer, and <sighs> I did, and I've read the book as well. So what's your so prediction? So Rhaenyra doesn't, Rhaenyra doesn't stay, does she? She is flying back to Dragonstone. Or, oh, she goes back to Dragonstone and told Allison she would fly back over. Okay. So I that's I was kind of confused because I thought she said she would stay and then fly back on Dragon, fly back to Dragonstone on Dragonback. But that makes more sense. So she's going to fly over on Dragonback. Ooh, maybe they'll kill her dragon. Mm. Like, because if she's alone with just her dragon, and there's, you know, the... the Well, how many of Viserys' kids had dragons? Well, Aemon. Aemon, Aemon and uh, Aegon as well. Aegon both Helena have dragons. does not have a dragon. I will say this, though, yeah. too. Um, and so George R. R. Martin came out today and did confirm this. Um, there is another child between King Viserys and uh, Queen Allison, who is actually not w- with the family up in uh, King's Landing right now, but is down in Old Town being a ward with the High Towers. Interesting. And he does and have a dragon. Are... Oh, interesting. Intriguing. So he this has been confirmed already by, again, George R. R. Martin coming out on his Not a Blog thing um which mm. is a blog <laughs> but uh it's been confirmed that he's going to be involved in season two okay cool wow okay so then so th- they have those three yeah okay and i had a question too about this um because we know leonor died quote unquote, quote unquote last episode whatever happened to his dragon very good question did one of very good question did one of the cousins inherit that one the one that I didn't have don't it, Bella. No, because Bella? yeah, Bella's the girl there that was that was down in Driftmark. I don't know if because the dragon wouldn't be fooled by Lanor shaving his head. 
the dragon no. would know. And so I don't know if that dragon just flew off to Pentos with him or or what. But good question. I mean, what in the book? What would have what happened to it? Do you? Even I know? I can't tell you. I don't remember that part. Okay, that's fair. Okay. Yeah, because I was thinking about that, too. I was like, there there has to be something with that dragon, or at least Bella getting a dragon, I would presume. But who knows? Um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with them. I, I just imagine, like, there's going to be some... This is the next episode where something goes wrong, and then it all just... This is where it starts cascading, and there's going to be this initial conflict. Someone's going to die. Don't know who it is, but it's going to cause this, like, unforgivable conflict to start basically <laughs> like i can't forgive you we were fighting to the death ah, and uh that's where this is all gonna start going to a head um and i will watch the trailer after this and probably be like oh <laughs> hmm. yeah i should have said that yeah i mean honestly there are some things that i'm waiting to happen and uh seeing if they will happen this season or not but i am um looking forward to it especially because there's two more episodes left so we will have one episode here that happens after, um, yeah, after Rings of Power King is all Viserys done. Is dead. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because like I mean, Rings and, of Power will end on this next episode, and there'll be yeah two more House of the Dragon episodes after that. But I mean, you know, Honestly, one more week. I thought this was it. Yeah. Because this episode was such a good just like season finale. It could have been, but we'll see what they do. I'm hoping that it does live up to uh, an even more hype season finale. I think it's going to, I don't think it's going to end on like a comforting, like old man taking his last breath thing. I think it's going to end in fire and blood. So we'll find out. <laughs> oh gosh. So much tension and stress just from that. You saying that. All right. All right. Well, that it wraps up our thoughts here on house of the dragon so episode eight, the Lord of the tides. So if you want to let us know what your thoughts are about episode eight here, how have you been enjoying the series so far? Has it been as much of a thrill ride as you've hoped for? I know for me personally, it makes me just so happy to see the Song of Ice and Fire world represented again on the small screen. I'm loving every minute of it. Oh, yeah. But with all of that being said, this is going to be Two Nerds signing off. See ya. Bye.